What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 95.2, and we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of Call of Cthulhu. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And Anthony. Hello. So, we finished up Call of Cthulhu. I don't know. I... I've got feelings. I've got some feelings, too. Um, My main one at the moment, though, just having you heard, just having heard you say, we, we beat it, we made it through the end, I'm like, wow, that was not a... I don't want to say epic finale, because, you know, it, it built, it just, because there's so little action in this game, there's no real sense of satisfaction, at least for me, uh, having beaten it. I, I, you know what, we'll save it for the end because when we get to the ending, I have to reference another video game. Uh, but, um, let's go ahead and just take off from where we left off. We, I know, Anthony, you didn't make it that far, but we talked about it. Yeah, I, I thought that the Shambler. Yes. Um, God, if it looked like ET, I think this game would have been, I would have loved this game more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I fought the Shambler and then towards the end of that fight did you shine the light on it when it went back into the painting? No. Yeah, I did. So did it pull the guy back into the painting with him? Oh, yes. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. It tried to pull him in. I, yeah, I shined the light on him. Okay. And saved him. So he could have died there, I guess? Well, no. Apparently. Well, yeah, because I was about to say he's an integral part to the ending. Literally, yeah. Uh, I think it's referenced, but anyways. Um, yeah, so I finished that. That was... Um, it existed. All right, whatever the next part is, go into that. So we go back into the mind of... We go, we go back to Pierce because he is seeing all of this through Sarah's eyes and now he's still back in jail. And basically the rest of this game takes place in his mind watching other people do stuff. With the exception of like the last two chapters. So uh, the next thing we do... We get visited by what's his face again, the Leviathan, and he also he asks us once again, "Do you?" Well, he asked me once again. I think everybody here accepted the knowledge, correct? No, For I did it, and it, uh, and I got the same thing you got, Drew, which is just, <laughs> would you like to make your decision? And all of them are just scrambled nonsense and you're like i guess i'm choosing one of these random scrambled nonsense things yep, yep. oh man uh, and and like <laughs> there's no way to determine what the fuck they are so my question is if i had my occult all the way up would i be able to see what those choices were i think and, w- and would it matter and would it matter i think you would not yeah, I think you would not. I think if, this game is if not there were that a couple, smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think if there were a couple that were hidden, 
maybe you could unlock them because don't they you know at least for me it'll it'll it says occult and it'll be kind of grayed out and i think it kind of tells you if you're not quite high enough in that skill to unlock something right yes usually it does usually it says no you can't even attempt this yeah, or it's a dice roll. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Sometimes it's a guarantee. Sometimes it's a dice roll. Sometimes it's, no, you can't do this. And I can't figure it out. Well, I, I assume it's just your points, right? And if it's grayed, like sometimes I could click it, but it was gray, and I assumed that was a dice roll. And then it was, you know, green or, you know, or, or act more active looking, and that was when I knew it would work. But these ones that just have exclamation marks especially when they don't have actual words next to them i you know i just got the sense that it really didn't matter which one you picked right so i i don't know if i chose to say no um but i still got knowledge so i think you get it no matter what i could be wrong but i mean yeah there's no way to tell unless I replay this game specifically to get certain stats to make sure I get stuff correctly. So, and it's not worth it. You're not going to see enough of a difference. Exactly. So, um, then we travel again through another person's eyes. Uh, this time we go into the eyes of Cat, the bootlegger. And, um, She's talking to one of her associates, and apparently one of her gang members killed a cop and dumped his body in the warehouse that they own. So we have to do an investigation of it, uh, and then all hell breaks loose. So she has that power, too, which totally under it. Like, it just... Mm, I don't like the fact that she all of a sudden could do the same. Th- like Pierce is at least a detective, right? Pat just no. I, I... Yeah, there were already questions about how Pierce can maybe decipher the things he can decipher, yeah. right? So, like, is it because he's a detective, or is it because he's tapped into the supernatural, right? And now it's this bucket who gives a shit. Exactly. And it'd be one thing if Pierce was, like, in control of Cap, but, it, like, it's implied that he can just see through her eyes. Or maybe we're see- maybe he's deciphering through what Cat sees. No, it's she's figuring it out. Yeah, because she says it, doesn't she? Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, so... Uh, but, but then, but then, then, what fucks me up is when she's deciphering it, Right. Um. Oh God, what's the painter's name again? Sarah Hawkins. Sarah Hawkins turns to Pierce and speaks to him through Cat's eyes, which is the only interesting part in this whole sequence. She said, "You're not supposed to be here, uh, Truth Seeker." Something yes. like that. Yes. And I was like, "What the fuck, man?" That was the only part of this whole last segment that, like, that I went. Okay, that was interesting. They pulled a Assassin's Creed on you. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, yeah, uh, as I said, all hell breaks loose. Uh, the 
townspeople are now possessed and are like these shambling zombies. Yeah, they, they couldn't really be any more zombie-like. Yeah. They're just not dead. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Cat pulls out a gun and starts blasting people away. <laughs> um, and we then get ejected back into Pierce again. At this point, someone comes to our rescue. It is none other than Officer Bradley. But he is also falling under the spell of the old gods. And he asks us to kill him before he turns. What did everybody do here? No more killing. Then I go and shoot a bunch of citizens. Yeah. Yeah, for, this is very much a second playthrough type of thing. On my first playthrough, I'm not going to kill this guy. I'm going to shoot him in his head. Yeah. So, I figured what he would do is is he would grab him and lock him up and be like, here, you'll be safe here and you won't hurt anybody. But now he just left him sitting there on the floor. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, well, I figured he'd at least do that, you know. But so begins the shooting segment of this game. Um, and I would not call it a shooting segment. I would call it a point and click adventure game <laughs> because yeah. it, well, go ahead, Matt. Uh, I, I was just going to say that th this game constantly wants me to think it's something that it's not, it, you know, it, you know, you are, you are playing a shooter, you are shooting people, but it is by no means a shooter. And like this whole game, I have to keep, telling myself this is just a graphic novel this is just you know this is just a story game this is not a game game right uh you know and reinforced in this part because there's so little impact of the shooting literally the only thing that matters is how many bullets have you used yes because everybody goes down in one shot and you don't have to aim if they show up on the screen and they have the little icon, death icon above them, you can kill them. So I first started this segment saying, I don't want to kill anybody. So I tried to run by people. The problem is, is that if they grab you, instant death. So unfortunately, there are far too many people running around this island. I have to kill some people. So, uh, yeah, until I run out of ammo, <laughs> well, you can get extra ammo. Um, there, it, when you first take over as Pierce going through the streets, there is a cop that's getting cornered by a bunch of guys. If you kill those guys before the cop dies, he gives you the rest of his ammunition. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, during this time, we do have the option to save someone. Uh, you can choose to either save Cat or you can save the bartender, which I can't even remember his name. So I guess you remember who I actually saved. Bartender, so you got the achievement? No. Oh. Well, that's the reason why I saved the bartender. <laughs> oh. Well. Oh, there's a trophy for saving the bartender and not for saving Cat? Weird. Cool. 
That's that is really weird. Yep. Don't know why. Because this whole game it uh, doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah, As it, it doesn't matter who you save here. It, it, the whole reason why we're saving somebody is so that we can get into the whaling station. And one of them has the key. So I chose to save Cat. Um, and here's the fun fact. I was running from guys, and I ran up to Cat and saved her, gave her the first aid kit. And the guys... So I'm in a... I'm in a conversation with her and the guys are still walking up on me. <laughs> and when the conversation ends, they instantly grab me and kill me. Uh, yeah. Yep. That, that seems like the kind of conundrum you'd put yourself in, in this game. Uh, but when it loaded, nobody was around. So <laughs> yeah, just kept going there. Um, after making it to the whaling station, uh, this is where they have housed the Leviathan himself, itself, whatever it is. And it's basically sitting there in like the water area where they would keep a whale. Um, and every time you turn and look at it, you slowly start to lose sanity. So you have to like not look at it. I thought that was kind of cool, actually. That is that is kind of cool. Because I'm like, nothing's hurting me. I'm just looking in its general direction. Yep. Uh, and we're trying to find Sarah Hawkins. <laughs> we have made a mass of polygons. Pretend it's, it is actually something. Thank you. Because it doesn't look like... I, mean, I get it, but it doesn't look like anything sitting there. Like you, Even when you look at it, you're like, I don't, I don't see where this is, what this is. You see it once when this whole mission's over, but when I looked at it, this is just a blob of, like, stuff, I suppose. Yeah. So, while we're here, this is where we get kind of the the official backstory. Um, and we find out that the the three main players in this entire thing was Charles Hawkins... Uh, the doctor who ran the insane asylum, Dr. Fuller, and the captain of the ship, uh, Fitzroy. Uh, and back in 18 something, I can't remember when it was, but back in 18 something, uh, the island was starving. Captain Fitzroy knew that there was something out there and they went after it. Uh, and it actually wasn't a whale. It was this creature known as the Leviathan. Uh, and when they captured it and drug it back to the island, um, they feast upon its flesh, which is basically what I said in the first episode. It's essentially what happened in Siren Blood Curse. <laughs> But but while it's alive, it's yes. still alive sitting yeah. there. Yes, and uh, it's revealed that the Leviathan wanted to be captured, and it allowed them to feast on its flesh while leaving it alive. That way, it could control it, and it all culminates to this moment, uh, which we we will get to in a second. 
but running through this um, whaling station, uh, we're constantly trying to get Sarah. She's she's always there, but every time we get to her, she's she just out of reach. Um, and we then go through like another weird mind trip where uh, we have to solve these puzzles by looking at something from a distance and then figuring out what it is and then running up to it and having the environment change and then having to remember exactly the one that we need to get. So they do this via like a bridge. You have to watch the exact area where you step because when you show up, when you get close to it, it turns into multiple bridges or you got to know which uh, handle the turn because there's five or six handles actually show up whenever you get up close to it. I, I guess I didn't know that they showed you anything beforehand. I just brute forced this trial trial and error Ooh, until I got the right one. Man. Took a while, but... Yeah, if you look at it from a distance, you can see which one it is or, or see the bridge, and you just have to follow it when you get close. Yep, that makes more sense. Because everything's an illusion. Um, and during this time, we also are constantly being talked to by this voice in our head, which we think is the Leviathan, uh, but it's known as the truth. And it's goading Pierce constantly saying, you keep fighting this and you don't want to see the truth when it's right in front of you. Um, at the end of this segment, we're, we're, uh, then confronted by another person who talks like Pierce and his name's reality. <laughs> uh, and reality is basically like the good guy basically telling you you're not jumping. what's that because we confront the doctor here you're talking that's a, you you start doing that on the cliff side is it because i thought we were still in the whaling station when no, we were freaking you out run up, nope uh we are freaking out at the whaling station and we are like oh my god what the fuck's happening and you run up to sarah hawkins and then you are then you do the you do do the um, handles and stuff, but eventually uh, Doctor Fuller comes out and he starts talking to you and you're like, "What the absolute shit is going on?" Right? And then you do it. You run up to Sarah Hawkins again, and you're in the room with um, right with other the, the other doctor and that died. Pick up the gun and I shot him, and then it cuts back to real life and he's dead on the ground. Yes. So then we go forward, and eventually um, we cause the whaling station, or whatever you want to call it, to burn down. Yes. You yep. have to escape very quickly. Um, and so uh, as we're escaping, we are confronted by the cultists. And they're like, don't you understand? Like, you are here because of, like, you are here to for destiny basically and he's like fuck you come one step closer and I'll shoot you and then he dies off into the water and as he falls through the water the leviathan is escaping 
and you see its eye, and it's kind of neat, and it swims off, and then you wash up on the shore. Right. And you're, like, kind of out of it, and you're walking around, and you walk up, and you find a painting of you with a bunch of shit coming off you. Like, I don't even know what to call it, black goo or whatever. Blood and everything. And you're split and in you're, half kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's a really, again, if nothing else, the artist who digitally painted all that stuff, fantastic. They, they need, they're the, my favorite part of this whole thing is the painting. Uh, I I'm, think that's what deals the show. Pretty sure this, that's probably a concept art. I guarantee you that's a concept artist. There's, still doesn't matter. Like, the fact that that concept art was good enough to use in the game, right? Like, it is, I mean, it's a driving factor of this game, too, right? Like, you, the first thing you see in this game that sets you off is a painting. Right. So I'm like, all right, you see yourself, and then, God, I can't remember the other doctor's name. It's not Fuller, a female doctor. Uh, Colden. Holden just walks up. Because we're doing that now, and you're like, you shouldn't be here, and she starts talking, talking nonsense to you, and it doesn't matter, because you're going to have to continue anyways. Um, and, and the whole time you're in that drunk walk state, which yeah. I hate in video games, you're kind of just fumbling through, and eventually you get to the part in the cave where you have the talk between your... The truth and reality. Truth and reality. Truth is a shirtless version of yourself, and reality is clothed version of yourself, apparently. Yes. Um, and you keep walking, and Dr. Fuller shows up again, and you just shot him, and it's like, he apparently exists outside of physical reality now? Or something? I don't know. I don't know, man. You stumble your way up, and, and hey, here's all the cultists. Um, this last mission is kind of just a long cutscene that's interactive. Um, walk this up game, to the cult. game is in my mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Walk up to the cultists, and the cultists kind of move aside, and then you talk to Sarah Hawkins, and um, the captain has the uh, bookstore owner, um, Algernon, at knife point and you talk to Sarah Hawkins and here's where you get to choose your flavor of ending. So I do want to explain this. So Colden, when you first talk to her in her little robe, cultist robe stuff and a little bit more with Sarah, it's basically explained that everything has culminated to this moment because Pierce is actually part of this omen this ritual that needs to be done he is known as the truth seeker and the truth seeker is the thing that actually brings the leviathan back to our realm officially like in full power um and he has to voluntarily do this ritual. Uh, I'm guessing he's basically going to be the vessel for the Leviathan. Um, so, 
depending on your stats, you have a few choices. Um, I'll just go with my choices, which were go along with the ritual, do a counter ritual, or... You say that like there's a third. There is a third. There is an option for me that said, this ends now. And I chose to do the counter ritual. So doing the counter ritual, uh, I shoot Charles Hopkins, who is holding... Uh, no, not Charles Hopkins. Charles Hopkins is dead. That's right. It's, it's Algernon, right? It's Fitzroy holding him. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Fitzroy. I shoot Fitzroy. He falls over dead. Algernon pulls out the amulet that has the warding on it, and he does the counter spell. It rejects the Leviathan, and as we sit there in this summoning circle, Pierce's eyes turn completely black, and he falls over. The credits roll, and then after the credits, it shows... Uh, Dr. Fuller uh, walking through the hospital and uh, as it follows him it goes into a padded cell and it shows Mr. Pierce sitting there in the padded cell he's crazy and that's the end of the game oh and don't forget it shows you the sleeping pills yes he's a, he, and he's also <laughs> addicted to sleeping pills Fucking, what a hack ending that is. So I yeah. called that ending? Did I not say that it would be you save the world or he's just been I, a crazy person this I, entire time? Are you, can I just say something? Sure. Are you proud of yourself for calling that ending? I mean, I just knew it was going to happen. I'm not proud of anything. Because <laughs> it's a hacky ending. Like, it, it's an easy out. Uh, what was that hospital show? Saint, Saint Elsewhere. Saint Elsewhere. They pulled the old saint elsewhere, everybody. It all takes place in a kid's mind. Autistic kid's mind. Like, it's it's an easy thing to just kind of be like, it was a dream all along. Like, ah, so you don't have to explain anything. Cool. That's like, um, I, I don't know if anybody's ever going to play it. Um, it's one of the Silent Hills. Silent Hill Homecoming. I think the thing with Silent Hill, and I'm not defending it because I haven't played it. Um, I have it. I have it as well and have not played it. Okay, I'm but, not going to say anything. But I mean, like, I think with Silent Hill, it, it gets away with it a bit better. Because A, there's an actual game attached. And B, it, this series has always sort of tried to toy with your expectations. It might be the hackiest of their endings, but it's... It's at least in line, if that makes sense. Um, so what happened in your ending, Anthony? So I picked the same ending first, and then I went, that is absolutely unacceptable. So I went back and, hey, I can reload where it stopped? Cool. Let's get this fucking ritual on the road and summon Cthulhu. Fuck this noise. <laughs> that, that is That is exactly what I did. You, what, you did the wrong ending first, and then yeah. you're like, fuck 
Yeah. Yep. I, I said that was god awful. I must have <laughs> got the wrong ending. I'm gonna do the other one. And it's. So let's cover the other two endings first because I feel like this is the best ending. So. <laughs> Technically, so you I, save everybody. You're now in the embrace of Cthulhu. <laughs> no, it's it's far more interesting than that. Okay. Um, we all looked up the other endings. Yes. I know you did. Yes, did you, I, Matt? Uh, no, I only saw the two that I did. Okay, so the other endings are what I like to call different shades of the same color. Um so one, you get to talk Sarah Hawkins into basically abandoning this, and she throws herself off the cliff and dies. You go back to your office now that the ritual's been everything's just kind of done there. You go back to your office and a painting is there, and it's a painting that Sarah Hawkins painted of herself dead on the rocks. Okay, fine. The other one is uh, you end this now by and this is the good ending, right Drew? This is the good ending, but there is a stipulation. You can only do this if your sanity is above a certain threshold. Right. Uh, So the good ending is pulling out a gun and shooting yourself in the head. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess if you're a critical cut the link out, huh? Yeah. There can yeah. be no vessel for Cthulhu if there is no vessel for Cthulhu. <laughs> right. So he shoots himself, and then it ends with somebody scraping the his letters off the door of his office. And I think it, the camera just kind of goes right through the door, and it shows a painting of Pierce dead with a gunshot wound in his head. Okay. So everyone else survived, though. Yes. Sure. So the best ending, in my opinion, is one where you get to see Cthulhu. So you do for, the ritual. for one tenth of one second. Oh man, I was so irritated. I was so <laughs> irritated. They modeled that. They modeled that to not. So as you're walking up, you can see like these clouds sort of going on, and like times it looks like there's a tentacle kind of floating through the clouds, and then if you watch it long enough, you're like, that's not what's happening, but it's kind of neat. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay, I can't wait to see Cthulhu. And it's like, all right. And then you walk up and you like summon Cthulhu because this, you do the ritual. You get cut and stuff and, uh, you, you, she disrobes you. The, um, like she takes her shirt off. The, uh, Captain Fitzroy is, sort of doing the ritual. And then they take the dagger and they cut you. And all of a sudden, the ground shakes underneath them as they turn to watch Cthulhu go. And they all fall. They all fall with the rocks that they're standing on. And you're the only one left standing. And all of a sudden, a giant tentacle whips out and snaps back into the darkness. Um, And, like, lightning strikes. And you just see Cthulhu for a split second. Credits. Then after the credits, uh, um, Pierce wakes up and sees all the cultists, like, eating the shit out of each other in madness. And then he joins in. The end. 
Ja. So, this is where I make my comparison. Matt, I think you know where I'm going. This feels exactly like the ending to Alone in the Dark. <laughs> I, almost, I, I almost said, I swear to God, I was almost thinking, I'm like, I swear to God, if he brings up fucking Alone in the Dark. I'm sorry, but it is, because if you go back and listen to us talk about Alone in the Dark, Dave puts it, Dave took notes. And Dave said, in my notes, I wrote down, Satan comes anyway. <laughs> no matter what. So either Sarah, her name is Sarah in the uh, in uh, Alone in the Dark, either she gets possessed by Satan, or you kill Sarah, and Satan comes into Edward Carnby. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Edward Pierce, Sarah Hawkins, Edward Carnby, Sarah whatever her name is. What the crap? Did they seriously just rip off Alone in the Dark? <laughs> I'm double checking. I mean, when it's that good, you, know, you got to take your inspiration somewhere. I, oh, man, that's the worst place you can take them. Sure, because it's like I don't think the name of the character is Edward in the original. No, it's not. Yeah. So yeah, Edward. The original story is not the. Yeah, that's mm, 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 mm. Edward Carnby. Congratulations, gentlemen! You've played Alone in the Dark twice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Did, just didn't even realize it. Oh man, I, I don't know. I just, I, it, as a whole, I did not mind this game. Um, I think it's definitely atmospheric. I think it does a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, voice acting's okay. I just think. Uh, this game didn't know what it wanted to be. I feel like this yeah. this game this game gave you. I, I feel like the first hour of that game was this is great. There's branching paths, all this other stuff, and then all of a sudden, whoosh, nope, we're gonna be straight up bottlenecking you all the way to the end. And I'm just like. Which should be okay for the last ten percent, but not the last eighty-five percent. Exactly, and I'm just so. so I'm just. I, I decided like I'm gonna watch that Cthulhu thing to see if I get a slow down visual, and of course I'm watching like terrible quality video apparently. Um, and somebody just brought up the ritual didn't wake up Cthulhu. It was the dude bringing the dagger with his loud ass shoes because there's an audio issue at this point where the guy walking to bring the dagger. Has the loudest clippity cloppity shoes. <laughs> yeah, and also maybe it was just me, but it didn't sound like the 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 sound matched his actual walk- steps. Like he was he was bobbing out of sync with his feet. <laughs> and then somebody just brought up the fact, like, imagine that you do all this, and then Cthulhu loads in a T pose. <laughs> Oh, the comment section in this is great. Shoot, oh. me, shoot me a link to that because I want to read the comments. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the only thing that I, I'll give alone the dark that this game didn't have was the perpetual wind that was blowing during the alone in the dark. 
Because at the end there, there was that guy who just wore the loincloth. I swear to you, I don't know how it happened, but there was a perpetual wind in that last cutscene. The loincloth was up on his chest the entire time. <laughs> and he was not modeled. I'll just go ahead and say that. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing ever. Um, I don't know. Matt, how do you feel about it? About the game overall? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I find this to be one of the harder games to, to to pin a feeling on, because because the, there just really isn't much game. I I wish they had gone farther in either direction. Like if this had just been a visual novel, and presumably had they done that, the the writing would have made a little bit more sense, a little bit better characterization, and I, I would have loved it. I mean, I don't know. It's just tough. The, the game parts almost don't matter. Like, the, you know, why have a shooting sequence when it's so irrelevant? Why even put that mechanic in the game? I just don't understand. I don't know like, why. why? Why even why? put puzzles in the game? Like, so, you know, when we're in that whaling station, you know, there's the one part where we need to break down the door. Th- there's almost nothing to do. I mean, there's there's two pieces, and you just have to find them. That's it. That's not really a puzzle. And they're right next to each other. It extends the gameplay time to make it seem like you're getting more for your money when you're actually not. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I try to pin everything on the on the narrative, but for me, actually, the biggest letdown here is the narrative at the end. I mean, where you know, where are these real strong character arcs? You know, these endings. None of what you've said really makes sense. I mean, yeah, I guess they fulfill some roles. But I, I just I didn't get a real sense of completion of, of this game. It you know it teased it, not that I necessarily wanted to see more Cthulhu because while that was pretty cool, I also like the alien philosophy of maybe don't show me everything. You know I would be okay with that if it showed me more interesting stuff throughout. My biggest issue is that like my biggest issue is like. Someone modeled Cthulhu. You know what What I can't find online? The model of Cthulhu. Why? Because it's in a pre-rendered video. Yeah. It doesn't exist within the game files, probably, because it's a pre-rendered video. Son of a bitch. Because it's just, it's, it, it was, it's like, the, this, the brief second that you see him, it looks like a pretty, I'm going to say unique take, but... It still looks like Cthulhu, but it looks like a pretty interesting take on the design. Like, most of the time, it's got two eyes, you know, tentacle face. It, like, Cthulhu kind of looks the same throughout, um, even though, again, it's not a proper sort of design, but this is based off of the tabletop game. Anyways, um, the thing that upsets me is I can't see it, because it looks like someone put a lot of work into that model for it to be shown for a split second no more and maybe it looks like trash maybe right maybe maybe it does look, maybe it's meant to only be seen for that split second because if you see it any longer it doesn't look good but it, it's just it's built up to nothing in yeah. my eye i i had to give him credit because while i was walking up the stairs through this like cliffside stuff i turned around and looked i was like this actually looks pretty good yep like, Especially with the fog out in the background, the fog and the and like the waters and stuff like that. I was like, this actually looks pretty good. Like, I mean, it, like 
the character models look weird, but yeah. everything else looks really good in this game. Like I, th- I thought the lighting looked really good, everything like that. But <sighs> it, yeah, and, and actually, for for a lot of the game, I felt like it was very satisfying in that you you don't really get bogged down in this game. It's very quickly paced, I think, given given what's there. I mean, you're in sewers, you're in a you know, you're in an asylum, you're in the you know, your one level is your puzzle trying to escape, you know, and the next level is just just story or in the mansion. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of, you know, probably too much back and forth where you just you just you're now you're unconscious, now you're somewhere else. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that was a little bit too much jumping around, but in a way it felt satisfying. I didn't feel like I ever was bored. I mean, the chapters are so short and the locations change so much that I, I felt like it was a very snappy game. And, you know, had there had there just been more of a payoff at the end, I think I would have overlooked every other thing and just said, yeah, it's, it's absolutely worth playing because it's a, you know, it's a fun atmospheric story that never slows down for a minute. Yeah. That's one thing I do have to give it is that I feel like it did go by relatively quickly. It never, I would put it, I'll put it this way. It never overstayed its welcome for me. Like each time I jumped into it, I was like, okay, I'm making a lot of progress here. But I don't know. I like you can go to the whole, like the, 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 the insanity parts of the game where, you know, you, you, you're running down an infinite hallway or something like that. There's a game series that does that 10 times better and it's called the evil within. Um, yeah, that's a great game. Yes, it is. All right. Had an infinite hallway too. Just saying. What's that? Mario sixty four had an infinite hallway too. <laughs> this is true, but if you jump at it backwards, you can actually go up it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a million speedrunners do that. Yeah, yeah. I. This is the second game I've played this year that relied too much on the story. Um, that wasn't strong enough to. Stand Carry. on its own. Sorry? Mm-hmm. Stand on its yeah. own, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other I won't mention, because I'm sure if I bring it up one more time, someone will complain. Um, but it's just... Yeah, it, there's so many places this could have gone, and I think it would have been better to just... I, I look at something like Life is Strange, um, even the Telltale games, and it's like... While the Telltale games really passed me by, and I just I had zero interest once they stopped being point-and-click adventures, um, and started being more of like a choose-your-own-adventure series, I I get why people were invested in them because if there was one thing that they did well, it was write a narrative. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, they I did. They I'm, did what they did really well. Yes. I, I don't. I didn't like how. It was structured, but The Walking Dead Season 1 was told a, a legitimate, decent story. Yeah. Right. And, like, I've heard that even the rest of that series is pretty good. It, again, I have zero interest in The Walking Dead, zero interest in playing Telltale stuff. Um, but it's still well... Like, there's still a strong narrative. Because if they you know, they may have not hired anybody to fix their engine, but, got, but by God, they hired writers. And it's like... I see in this game potential to be better, 
Yeah, this is a really good rough draft of a story. <laughs> exactly. It is like you need someone else to come in and clean this shit because there is just parts missing to this that are it's 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 almost embarrassing. Like so why can he do the detective thing? If it's just a a visual representation of him being a good detective, fine, right? But then why can Cat do it? Um you know, for all this talk, like maybe I'm asking for too much, but like, yes, it's Call of Cthulhu. There's no ins mouth. Again, fine, but like the only thing you see in this game is the shambler. And you, you see the shambler a lot. And it's like I don't know. It, 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 you have all this lore to take from. Tons of it. And your choice is to kind of not rely on any of it um, and I'm I'm okay I'm okay with the the unseen horror, but like I actually saw the Shambler too much. Um, you see Cthulhu for a second. Uh, there's no combat, so there's no point of confronting anything. Um, you know, I, I like I kind of even hated the last Shambler fight, if you want to call it that. Like, what was the point? Was it real? Well, well, that's supposed to be the question. No, no, it's not question here is is pierce losing his mind or not and the answer of well he's in the same asylum all along in the bad ending whatever you want to call it i think all the endings are bad um <laughs> like it's I, there, there's too much just like left open and i i don't know what they were thinking and, and the stuff that they like like so bradley um, yeah, that was a little weird. What? Yeah, like, what, d- did he die? What, what the fuck happened? Was he reanimated? Was he just mind controlled? What? I, I, yeah, I, I really don't get that part. And that was like, the thing that I wouldn't have even cared about, except they set it up for me to ask that question. And so that, like, that was on my mind the whole game because they made it on my mind. I think you're right. I think he was reanimated because it talks about the doctor being able to use the pieces of. Leviathan to restore life or, or create new life or whatever. So I think Bradley was reanimated, but they never fully say anything about it. And it's like you could have just given me a document to read. Exactly. Yep. Like, yeah, th- this game this game would have worked actually better as a full point and click adventure. You, you know what I mean? Like, without any action or stealth sequences? Yeah. They should have yeah, went the I, full route of, like, the Testament of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Something. Because this doesn't... This game is too much of a mess. Because how do you... Who do you suggest this to? And that's a thing I think of when I write any review. Like, who is this for? Or how do I suggest this to someone? Because it's not a horror game. Because I never jumped once. Right. Not, not, not even the Shambler in the in in the upside down. No. I just you know, brah, it's like ah. <laughs> I, I get like nothing actually scared me here, and yeah. there's been things that scared the crap out of me. Like Fatal Frame Two scares the crap out of me. 
all like, of I, the dead spaces scare the crap out of me. Yep. Amnesia, a game that I know you played. Yes. Yep. I listened to it. Is a better example of how this game should have been done. Yeah. Yeah, that that's actually a really good comparison. Mm-hmm. It's a because I, I I keep thinking of this game as a Telltale game or a visual novel, but that actually probably would have been a better way to do it. Because yes. thing, there's too much action in this game to suggest it to the audience that would have been more interested in playing the Telltale thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, except that it's all so easy that you could you could brush right past it as if there weren't action. I don't think that the stealth segments aren't easy. You know, you don't like, think so? well, I'll explain. The line of sight thing is something you and I and Drew get. Um, we understand it because we've played other stealth games. Imagine this is your first stealth game, right? It it isn't. Easy, like, am I being detected? Am I like th- that? Is a concept that's a little harder to grasp, especially if you are moving around in a three D space. Yeah, they don't have the nice Metal Gear Solid vision cones. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid would be a better example. Um, the earlier ones, where at least it allows you to get used to it on a two D space first, right? Yeah, or like yeah. three, where it started to be um, more of a three D cone rather than a two D cone that like a triangle that this line of sight. Um, so it's a thing that wouldn't, and like crouching and stuff, like you're asking kind of too much of a, of a casual player for that. I think this would have been more suited for had they, they dumbed it down a bit, you know? Um, cause then, yeah, could, I guess I'm thinking more of the puzzles, like, you know, when you had to distract the guards to get out. Or you had to follow, you know, the mystical green line, or or crash through that door. Like those things were all very simple, for sure. Um, simple. It's more of the it's the more of how you move around in the world that becomes my issue. Um, yeah. Again, point and click adventure makes sense. Um, the way that uh, Telltale would do your three D space right is you you kind of have a fixed camera and you move your character around. Yeah, um, I know Life is Strange played a bit more with over the shoulder but even then it was still simplistic um this game is asking too much for first person like you like this works because we play first person shooters you know like this this works because we play video games um and i think you would have had a better if you removed the the sort of more hardcore stuff even aiming and shooting which is very very simplistic in this game might even be a little too much um, even though that'd be the last thing that I'd cut. Um, yeah, that's this is setting the bar pretty low, though. I mean, that's no, almost if you if you played a video game before, you could figure out how to shoot these zombies. Yeah, the reason why I'm setting the bar low, though, is because one thing that the Telltale games, because I either want you to lean into the horror aspect, say like Amnesia, right? Which this game sort of kind of leans into at times, but then never fully goes into, or I want you to go back far enough where this is accessible both to video game players and people who don't play video games most of the time, like the Telltale games, right? right. The thing with Telltale is that's perfect is um, that like you could pick up The Walking Dead being a fan of the show and still play it. You know, yeah, you sometimes have the fail with the quick time events or whatever, but that game was was intriguing enough as a as a um, a, a, a written work that was um, 
uh, what is the moment we're looking at? Interactive. Right? It was interactive fiction and a yeah. video game simultaneously, and it rode that line very well. Um, and to me, like that's what was interesting about this game. This game can't choose whether it wants to be interactive fiction or a, vi- a, a, a harder core video game. And I think what would have been interesting is if you did go more towards the telltale side of things and had those statistics at the beginning, I think you could have gotten players more interested into the gameplay aspects of it because now they'd be interested in like, oh, well, I chose this my first time out. What if I resatted my character and started over? And then you wouldn't have to go through the shooting segments, the stealth segments, because let's be honest, a lot of the time in the stealth segments is just waiting for a guy to walk around the corner. Yeah. You know, like, it's it, it's not really hard, so why is it there? You could have just, because you could have gotten the same thing of, oh, the guard's on lunch, and he should, uh, it looks like he's almost done, you know, and just had a timer. Yeah. Well, to figure stuff out, rather than them doing the walks. Like, like one of my favorite point-and-click games, which actually scared me at one point in time, was the Black Mirror. Um, not the new one. The new one is terrible. If you if the, if it's published by THQ Nordic and it looks like it's it's from 2014 or 2016 or something like that, don't play it. It's bad. But the old point and click games should run on PCs, but I can't be certain. Um, the first one has some terrifying moments where your character can die, um, and it's timed. It's 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 a timed segment, but it doesn't give you a timer. Uh, you know, the stealth segments are implied, but like the reality is, is that it's not actually there, but it does get that adrenaline going of I could be caught at any moment. Uh, you could do that with this game, and I feel like hit a bigger audience, because right now I don't think this appeals enough to people who play a lot of video games, and I don't think it appeals to anybody that doesn't. And this has been... <laughs> well... We do have a couple of emails. All right. Our uh, first email comes in from Dustin. It says, hey, dudes, after listening to the previous episodes, it's a bummer you guys seem so down on Call of Cthulhu. I'm not playing along with you guys since I played it back in 2018, a little after its release. I actually had a great time with it and it ended up in making my top 10 that year at number 8. It's not a perfect game, but it's a hell of a lot better than a 5 out of 10. I know it's Tony's shtick to shit on games without actually criticizing them, but after listening to a year of that, it gets old. I knew there were multiple endings, but I wasn't expecting alpha protocol levels of divergences. Sounds like entering the warehouse set your expectations way too high for this game, so instead of enjoying your time in this world, you guys were just let down instead of enjoying the story for what it was. Yeah, but the story kind of fell flat at the end. He isn't wrong there. He isn't wrong there. My expectations were lower before we did the first episode. And I definitely fucked up by thinking that the whole game would be like that. Well, I did too. And I mean, maybe it's the game's fault, but it is partially mine too. So I don't know. My, my, it's not wrong. My, my thing, and this is what I'll say... I feel like we're kind of ruining this game for ourselves because we're we're playing it and then talking about it. I think if it was just me playing this by myself, I'd be like, eh, it was okay. 
but then I hear other people's experiences with it. I'm like, that's the exact same experience I had. Maybe it's better if ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Thinking, oh yeah, man, there's so I, many other I, ways. I almost wonder if I had played this earlier, I would have liked it a lot more as well. Because, you know, th- there's some parts that feel like iconic moments. Like, you know, when when you have to fight the Shambler in that room, um, you know, and go up and cut the cut, cut the painting in the center of the room, right? Like, the, the way it plays out isn't terribly interesting because it's, you know, it's just find the one way to do it. But that as, like, a concept of you walking in here and then all of a sudden this being comes out of the painting to get you, it really, really reminded me of... Uh, Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass with the Jabberwocky coming through the mirror. Okay. And that was something that I experienced as a kid. And I think about that all the time, like weirdly more than I should for a movie I haven't seen in 25 years. Uh, but just that scene of like whatever's on the other side of this instance coming through and it's this, this evil that can, that can kill me immediately. Like, that like if I had experienced that part of this game when I was younger, that probably would have stuck with me forever. I mean, it you know th- there are a lot of cool moments in the game. So I, I don't know. It's it's just it's just uneven for me. Maybe it, this, maybe this game was after its time. <laughs> yeah, I I think I did myself a big disservice by um, playing. Uh, Sinking City first time. I know I keep bringing it up. It's hard not to because of the time span of when they were released. Yeah. Like, this was, what, sort of like later 2018 and yeah. then it was early 2019. So it's like, it's hard to separate those two. And, and I mean, they're based off the same story. So, like, to me, it's like, I definitely fucked up my enjoyment of this game by playing that first. Well, um, but I mean, like, he's not wrong. It, it, it was probably a bit too harsh. I think the issue was is that it is a it did drag. I think a bit, like, the ending. It ends off better than like the part where we were just kind of like, I don't know. I said it was a five out of ten. No, this is six point five because it's not. It's not broken. It's not well. Not that a five is broken, but it's not like so plain either that it's a five. Yeah, just fours when it starts to get into like bad territory. Yeah, um, it's just I can't. I don't know. This game is six point five seven. Like I, 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 I don't know. It's just I wish this game was. See, that's I don't think that's a fair criticism. Saying it's like it should be something that it's not, but it's like it's too much like certain other things, but it never decides what it fully wants to be and i think that's bad for the total experience yeah that's i think that's the best way to sum it up i would also say it was good enough to make me want to play what it could have been in in the way that i would say if they came out with a sequel to it not that you really can but you know if there was a you know a similar game where they're like yeah we you know we we took that and we're just going to do a little bit more and make it a little bit better I, i would be in because this, it, it's kind of the style of the game that I would like and I do like, right? It's it's not terribly gamey, but you know it's a it's a 
it's a mix of locations, a mix of gameplay elements, and you know, story first. So that's you know, that mix is is the kind of mix I would enjoy. Yeah. At least at least seeing what any any new version that tried to fit that formula would be like. Let's see. It says uh, also the Shambler part was BS. After three different knives, I looked up where the real one was. Was <laughs> part of the game. Yep. I really, I'm really excited that you're doing God of War next. I personally think it's one of the best games of this generation. I won't be playing along since it's my busy season at work, and I just don't have any time. I see it's game 96, so it takes you five weeks. If you do Spider-Man right after, in four weeks, that will put us to mid-October for co-op Dead Space 3, which I'm pumped for. And if Matt is gone for NaNoWriMo in November again, we could get someone cool like Jay or John, or maybe a collab with Justin for Game 99, which could be something fun like Dragon's Dogma or Legend of Dragoon or something. Legend of Dragoon will take us to the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd but, like to play it, but yeah, I don't imagine that would be too short. No. Then, sure. Something fun or something interesting. So, I mean, that wouldn't be out of the question. I'd like to try to get Jay to do an RPG, no, not an RPG, but like um, Dragon's Dogma or something. But sure. I think, Matt, do you want to play Dragon's Dogma? Yeah, yeah Dragon's that- Dogma is on our list, I think. Yeah, so it's yeah. like if it's on Matt's list, then it's not one that you do without Matt. So. Yeah. Uh, it says, then finally December will be game 100. So I had some thoughts a on... a cool way to end the year. <laughs> thoughts on game 100. Should it be a Final Fantasy game since you are Phoenix Down? I would highly recommend Final Fantasy VI. Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross would be excellent RPGs to consider as well. I also thought StarCraft or one of the Civilization games would make a sweet game 100. Unless you want something new like Ghost of Tsushima uh, and potentially Cyberpunk or Over the Top like God Hand. I think those would be great choices. Of course, you can't go wrong with any of the Xeno games, whether it's Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Xenoblade X, or the inevitable Xeno Saga Trilogy, I think will make all happy. I'm also down for the year of the Yakuza, so make it happen. So, that's... Oh, man. We still haven't planned out anything. Um, I really would like to do Spider-Man. Um, I don't know about Game 100. Like, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, Game 100, I feel like, is something that... I feel like has to be a classic, right? Yeah. I don't know. I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Final Fantasy One, but I got so lost in that game that no, Final no, Fantasy no. One is not really a good game. Yeah, it's a No, I agree with Dustin a lot, but fucking Final Fantasy Six, if it's especially if it's something you haven't played. I have played Final Fantasy Six. Um, I have played Chrono Trigger. I have never played Chrono Cross. Matt, have you played Chrono Trigger? Uh, I've started it about three times and only made it like an hour in each time. Drew, you can't do Chrono Cross without doing Chrono Trigger first. Mm. Like, and, and they're fully related, but they're related enough where I feel like if you jump into Chrono Cross, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't do Chrono Cross, or yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do Chrono Cross without doing Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what's to give us you know, some thought? You, you tell me a, a good PS1 RPG, I'm in. 
Well, I'd say Final Fantasy VI. You can play the... Or I wouldn't, but you could play the Final Fantasy VI on the uh, PS1. A bunch of ways to play it now. There's a bunch of different... I think I think it's a different translation on PS1. There's the Super Nintendo version that's Final Fantasy III, and then there's the Game Boy Advance version. Yeah, that's true. Game Boy Advance version definitely has a different translation, but I can't recall if the PS1 does. I know the PS1 has added 3D cutscenes. Yeah, I do remember that. That was on the Final Fantasy Chronicles, right? Dude, you're asking. I'm I'm usually good, but I can't tell you the difference between anthology and and chronicles and stuff. It may be anthology. I think it's anthology now that you mention it because I think it comes with Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy Tactics, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we're definitely going to have to give it some thought because 100 will be our big one. Um, but I'm not sure. I know for a fact next game is God of War. In fact, I just started it today. Uh. Or restarted it for the third time today. So it's Final Fantasy five and six on anthology, um, the North American version. But if you're in Europe, you get screwed and get Final Fantasy four and five. I like sure. Final Fantasy four. It's I wasn't talking about four. It was that you get five, but you don't get six. Yeah, four and yeah. six, great. Five is not as good as four or six. No, no. And Chronicles is Chrono. Trigger and and four and tactics. That's what it is. No, Chrono Trigger and four. Is it? What? Yeah. Yes. Which one came with tactics, or was that just by itself? It, tactics must be by. I only see tactics by itself, but I, I, dude, I have no idea. These, oh, these are they, all the confusing names of the Final Fantasy compilations get me, and like I'm, I'm again, I'm good at remembering stuff. Not this. Hmm. Not this at all. <laughs> Okay, our next email comes in from Chad. It is Call of Cthulhu wrap-up, and he sent two emails. One of them was an update, so I'm just going to read the update one because I did read the other one, and it looked like it was the same except for an extra paragraph. So, says, uh, Howdy Crew, uh, with the exception of a couple of rage-inducing moments in the first half of the game, I enjoyed my time with the story. However, it all falls flat at the very end. I was very intrigued with everything leading up to the final moments, only to ultimately walk face first into a wet fart. Uh, they had an opportunity to potentially create a brilliant ending to this story and fumbled the ball. First of all, I got the ending where the counter ritual was performed, Pierce's eyes turned black, and he ends up yep. in the insane asylum addicted to sleeping pills. As I understand it, Pierce is ordained as the truth seeker, and the game alludes that he is the one true vessel for Cthulhu. Why is he so special? Not sure, but it reminds me of Supernatural's logic with the angels and demons and how each of them has one true vessel, like the archangel Michael. I know Drew knows what I'm talking about. He might have to explain it to you. I mean, it's not really... Uh, supernatural is all about uh, people can be so I do have to all right don't make me start talking about supernatural because <laughs> I absolutely love that show I got I have 30 minutes you're fine okay so in supernatural uh there are demons uh you're introduced to demons first and demons have the ability to possess anybody they can come into you and possess you uh, and while you are possessed by them, you cannot die, but the, the minute they leave your body, you die if you've like been shot or something like that. 
Uh, angels can also possess people, but there's a caveat. Angels have to ask for permission first. They come to you and ask you, please let me take over your body. I am an angel of the Lord, blah, 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 blah. So you have to agree to be possessed by an angel. Here comes the fun part. Satan, also known as Lucifer, he's not a demon. He's an angel. So he has to ask permission. And there is a fantastic part in season four, I believe, where he actually, this guy, is being contacted by Satan and saying, I want to take over your body. I want to take over you. And it is absolutely fantastic. And the guy that plays Satan is great. I don't understand. Okay, Google. Why did you look this up? I'm sorry. Please let me know what I can do to help. Okay, fuck off. Um, I don't know what happened there. So anyway, uh, the the issue is is that uh, the big showdown between the Archangel Michael and the Archangel Lucifer, Armageddon. Uh, there can only be one vessel per person, and it's revealed that there is certain people who can only be possessed by both of these entities and have them have their full potential and power. Uh, I'm not going to go into the spoilers of that, but um, basically in order for angels and demons to be at full capacity, they have to get into their true vessel. And there are people on this earth that they can possess that is their real vessel. So essentially, that's what this is. All right. Uh, this is why Pierce is so important to this cult. Uh, the ritual can't be completed without Pierce. This also explains why Charles Hawkins had become a monstrosity and hated Sarah. He tried to force the ritual using himself as the vessel for Cthulhu, which failed. Sarah would o- would also not go along with Charlie's plan because she knew that only one person was capable of fulfilling that role, Edward Pierce, as prophesied by her paintings. Also using supernatural logic, it seems the spirit of the person must be broken down to prepare the vessel for possession. This is why all the mind games are necessary, not only to lead him to the point of his final destiny, but also to reduce his sanity for the possession of Cthulhu. I wish they would have elaborated on this a little more. Leading up to the final moments, I would have made it clear that his gun only has one remaining bullet. The final choice is basically how he decides to use it. Here's how I would have wrote the endings. 1. Accept your fate and follow through with the ritual. This is basically no different than the current option in the game. 2. Shoot Sarah and call out to Algernon Algernon, to perform the counter-ritual. Algernon initially raises the amulet, pauses, and then puts his arm back down. At that time, several cult cult members step forward and remove their mask, depending on who is still alive by the end of the game. These members could include Cat, Bradley, Colden, and Silas. Realizing he didn't truly have any allies, Algernon can reveal reveal to him uh, they had planned this all along. You never had a choice. This is your destiny, truth seeker. And at that time, Algernon performs the ritual and Cthulhu is born. Three, 
Pierce uses his last bullet to commit suicide, destroying the vessel himself to prevent Cthulhu from being reborn. However, this option only succeeds if his sanity level is high enough by the end of the game. If his sanity level is too low, then he'll raise the gun to his head and be able to pull the trigger. Instead, he puts the gun down, hands over Sarah. She consoles him just before following through with the ritual. If his sanity is high enough, he succeeds. Boom, saves the world. His sacrifice in a macabre way. There's your happy ending. Anyway, that's my two cents. Glad I finally got around to playing this one with you all. Till next time. Chad. I think it would have been interesting um, to have one where you escape. Like if Cat had a boat. But, yeah. That would have been accessible if you hadn't pissed off Cat throughout. Could be canon for the sequel. This issue you know, then... That, that that then brings up the issue of well the cult's still out there yeah I mean yeah it could be for a sequel but it, it leaves it just doesn't leave like any satisfying yeah I don't think there's a satisfying ending to this game not unless you just fight Cthulhu you have a boss fight with Cthulhu no I see I did not say, no I, I I can't I can't I can't be with that one uh, I'm sorry like that's that's the one thing where it's like that then at that point I need this game to be an action game. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm not against, but just not not in this game. Not, what you point yeah. the gun, it dies in one shot too. Yeah, you shoot <laughs> you shoot it once with your your 1911. Shoot him with your soul. Yeah, soul bullets. I <laughs> I don't know. I I like I said, I'm lukewarm on this game. Yeah, you know that's. I'm glad yeah. we played it. Yeah, I mean I. It's a game I've wanted to play, and I still want to play The Sicking City. Um, it, it wasn't quite what I wanted, but it was better than not having played it. Yeah, I don't feel... You know what? That's the best way to put it. I don't feel like I'm less for the experience. I, but I'm so indifferent that when I said a five, I was thinking, like, how indifferent of a game could you play? And, like, five is the indifference level. Like, I think the only... F- given a five to the game tracks because all it was was just kind of building model train tracks and it was like this is by this is by no means bad really like on any level this is like this totally functions i'm not having like like a terrible time with it but at the same time i'm not like enjoying myself it's here um it's just it's a weird thing because like to say you don't enjoy yourself well then you're not having a good time but i'm not having a bad time either it's just a time thing (laughs) it's so weird this is like a thing to do (laughs) no that probably probably is why i come off negative because i can't figure out how to put that in a way where it's like yeah this is just this was just something to do at a certain point and not something that i was enjoying doing Mm. again i think had we not talked about it and i didn't know that there was different intros i would have thought this was all by choice but the fact that we all ended up doing the same getting the same sort of you know set final 75 85 percent of the game i think ruined our experience because we were talking about it right like that's that, true it, that kind of fucked me up you're like because i remember you saying like uh you only need strength for a check early on and i was like it must have been when i threatened the police officer but no you were talking about the great and stuff and it's like that 
ever was a thing that I even came across. Yeah. So. So strange how they, they made like five different ways to get into the warehouse and then none of that ever happens again. You know what the saddest part is, is that this, this, um, cyanide clearly understood how to do the, the RPG stats of this. I, I mean, they have one of the most interesting ways that you could to have this in a um, point-and-click game, which is literally things do not appear if the stat is not high enough for them to appear. Yeah. Because you just didn't notice them. Like, that's a really smart way of doing stuff. Like, I wouldn't have thought about that myself. And, like, this is stuff I think about when I'm writing about video games. And it's like, that's a thing that I've never seen before. So it's like clearly they understood, you know, aspects of the RPG. And I'm sure they had help from the people that run the Call of Cthulhu RPG and stuff. But it's like, um, it, it just wish it went that extra step. Like, what had, what if, like, the, what if, um, sorry, the, I forget the name of the place that we're at, the, the port town? Uh, Darkwater. Darkwater. What if Darkwater, when you arrived on the pier, it was just open? And you knew where you had to get, but you didn't know how to get there, so you had to ask people for directions. Yeah. You had to figure out how to get inside. And it was slowly just small areas like that. Like, what if this was set up, I'm using this as a bad example, like Hitman, right? Where it's like kind of a sandbox. Yeah. And it's your way to figure out how to get inside. And it's like, I'm not asking for an open world game. I'm asking for small portions that were open world. What if... Instead of sneaking by all the cultists early on, right, when Bradley dies, what if instead of just having to sneak by, there was a way to cause a distraction so it was easier to sneak by? Right? Like, you just... There are small things where it's like they they clearly understood choice and stealth and stuff, and then it just felt like they never brought any of those things to their full potential. And so it's disappointing to me to play a game where I'm like, I can see the possibilities, but it never pays off on any of them. Yeah. And again, some of that's me and playing other video games and stuff. And the other part of it is kind of the expectations they set just by the game itself. I feel kind of the same way. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like I was... The novelty of, hey, this is an investigation game more than a action game. I was going to say more than a game, but it's 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 like the parts of, I don't know, like the parts of Batman where you're investigating stuff, but there's no other Batman part to it. And I was, I was like, that novelty wore off after about two hours. And then it's, and and at that point, a lot of the stuff didn't really matter. It was, you're now just, you're seeing the story play out. Yeah. Which isn't inherently bad. It's just not what I expected. Yeah. Maybe we all just wanted a different game. I'm willing to admit that. Um, you know, I think about, uh, like I'm bringing it up again. I'm sorry. Um, like the way the Sinking City's investigation stuff works is you have a very similar like crime scene rebuild, right? Where you go into some sort of fancy dancy glowing world that allows you to 
reinvestigate the crime kind of as it happens. Yeah. Piece by piece. Um, and you get, get facts and then you put those facts together in this really kind of interesting, like, way, um, I can't remember what they call it, something asylum or something like that. And um, mind asylum? Sure, let's go with that. Um, mind palace. It's called mind palace. And in the mind palace, you have the as- like the certain aspects and you connect them together. And it's, so not only do you get to do the actual sort of like putting the clues together, you have to find the clues. Then you get to go and talk to people. The way the world is set up, you you can set waypoints, but the thing is, is like they don't just set a waypoint for you of like here's the hospital, right? Like, or it's a bad example because it's actually marked on the map. Say you have to go to a certain house, and that house is on a street corner. Well, that house isn't marked, so they give you a map and they tell you the two streets that intersect, and you put a marker there, and then you go and look for the house. Like, you feel like a detective more in that game than mm-hmm. this game. And this game, like, that game has a big open world, which, again, I don't think it does very well, but it's fine. Um, And it has all these other gameplay aspects. So I would hope that this game that's clearly focusing on a narrative and and more of the investigation side, as it doesn't have the combat or the open world, would do that part better, and it doesn't. But again, I have played a game from 2019 before the game from 2018, which then isn't fair to judge this game based on games that came after it, right? But at the same time, those games were in development around the same time. They didn't come out, you know, a year different. Five, five years later, month. yeah. Yeah. It's not five years, it was five months, I think. So, you know, at the same time, like, those are comparisons that people have made. Like, there is a... If you look it up, there is a... Somebody has done a what's better for the Cthulhu mythos Call of Cthulhu or the Sinking City comparisons. And really, those games are only comparable in certain aspects, but hey, someone else saw the similarities outside of just the story, I suppose. But like, they talk about the different elements and how they're very different games, but when they compare the direct elements, they can find which one's better and which one's worse. And I think that they said for the sort of Cthulhu stuff, um, and that it's better in Call of Cthulhu, but I'd argue that the atmosphere is overall better in um, Singing City, but Drew, you even said, like, the guy doesn't seem to have any response to fucking fish people, so, you know, that's a very much difference with um, the characters in Call of Cthulhu are clearly realizing that stuff is wrong. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's your Call of Cthulhu. Does anybody ever play the Bethesda one? Uh, you talking about the Call the of Cthulhu? Dark Corners of the Earth? Yeah. I have not. I have it. I'd like to, but I haven't yet. I think it was on one of the original lists we made for this. Yeah. I'm just wondering if either of you have played it because uh, I was curious to know what that game's like. I've only ever seen it played a little bit. From what I understand, that is a kind of an action first-person shooter. Okay. I mean, it's not completely action. Pretty sure it's it's definitely like a lot of sneaking around and stuff too. 
but I have seen multiple times of somebody carrying a gun around and shooting. I could be wrong. But, yeah. But, yeah, that's going to be it for us. We're going to wrap this up. Um, up next, God of War. Finally. I'm going to try and put this one to rest. Every time I mention we're going to be doing God of War, every time I've mentioned I'm playing God of War right now, Ken always says, you're in for a treat. <laughs> and, well, we'll get into it next week. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to finally get to it and end it. Yeah, I am too. I think um, just before I get any further into the game, I do just want to say that despite all these positive reviews, I I get this sense I'm going to be disappointed with it. I don't know why. How far are you I, in? J- at the at the moment, I only finished the first chapter. After you fight the guy with the, the beard, okay. At your house, and then you set off on your you trekked up the mountain, right? And how far so, did you make it last time? Not a ton further, maybe three more hours. Okay. Three or four more, maybe. I think me and you stopped at the same part. Um, I It clicked for me when we finally made it to the lake. And I was able to go kind of wherever I wanted to for a little while there. And I said, all right, I got this. I got it. I get it now. This game is a very um, see that I don't want to say it because I can I'm gonna say it, somebody's gonna be like no it's for adults it's a very much a adult only version of Legend of Zelda okay because once you get to the lake and you get to open up more there's all these little side puzzles that give you extras you go into dungeons you know there's this it's a, it's an open world but it's it's not just this free-form landscape. What I think what I liked about it the most was, you know, Breath of the Wild was this big open world that I had never kind of experienced before. But I do like the traditional 3D Zeldas, and this game did that Yeah. God of War. So if you like... I'm going to say Twilight Princess because the way that the pacing is, at first you kind of go through a linear section and then the world opens up. And that's what happens with... God of War. Um, though you do have to go through that linear section, but eventually it is this semi-open world. Yes, you have the next place you have to go to first, but there is things that you can um, do in the meantime that diverts your attention, so you can go and get like extra... I can't remember if there's a currency or not. But I believe there's a currency, but then there's other stuff. Yeah, It's been a while since I played it. Yeah, so there's there's a lot, and there's puzzles, and like the puzzles are very well done, you know, but they're not like crazy out there puzzles either. Um, but you know, they are very much the push a block, turn a lever stuff that you are familiar with. It it's a game that didn't. I don't know if it did anything new, but it did everything extremely well, and the story was very well done. And I think part of that is because the voice acting extremely well done, and the motion capture and everything that like. It's super fascinating, and I won't spoil it, 
but once you get to the once you get past the first world where there are two warring factions, um, the character design was in that was so unique and of such an interesting take on a thing I've been familiar with in other lore. I was like, that's a really unique way of looking at this, and I was like, that's fascinating to me. Um, I love the dwarves. Which yeah. I'm sure you already. Yeah. Uh, I made that, it that to the elf, elf world. That's the one. Okay. So the elf world, the way that the elves are presented artistically, like that are designed. Yeah. Is one of my favorite takes on elves ever. Yeah. Because it's so bizarre. And that's the thing. Like this game is not, even though I said, like it doesn't necessarily do anything new with uh, gameplay. It is clearly a bunch of creative minds putting their own spin on things. And I, Love it for that reason. Oh, there you go. I, I know, that's the reason why Ken tells you you're in for a treat. It's it's a game that does everything it tries to accomplish very well. Right. Well, I'm excited because I, I I would love to see more of it. And and I, once I once I opened up into the lake and I can go to different places and I can solve this puzzle to get something or I get this quest from a dead guy. I'm like. Okay, I got the itch. I'm going to complete everything in this damn game. So, yeah, I'm excited. But that's uh, that's going to be it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you would like to send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, let us know your thoughts on God of War. If you are playing along with us, which I highly recommend you do, uh, please email us. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I am at Drew Leachman. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it. We're done with Call of Cthulhu. Moving on to another game from that year, I believe, right? 2018? 2018, yeah. I think yeah. So. Okay, so another game from that year. Uh, God of War. Um, yeah, let's, let's finally bury the <laughs> hatchet. <laughs> if we will you know, although this is an axe it's not a hatchet but until next time I'm Drew and I'm Matt I'm Anthony and we're out here hope you guys have a great week and we'll be back next week with the beginning of God of War